0: So we're gonna uh, put some slides on the screen in a minute, and I'll just uh, prepare your eyes for that a little bit. But uh, we're we're in a, a series of messages. Um, whatever Cheryl says, do that. There you go. All right. Well, you've been you've been living by that standard for quite a while, sir. Um, uh, Graham. I don't even. How do I describe you? Uh, Insane. Uh, I'm insanely creative. How's that? Well,
1: my wife's not here. She would have good support. There you go. Yeah, she could add to that. She's she's actually taking the kids to work so they can uh, help pay my bills.
0: Good, good. (laughs) Graham's a starving artist. We'll just leave it at that. And uh, he's he's uh, crazy enough to take on themes like the Book of Revelation. And he's got a series of paintings and and some drawing sketches, whatever you want to call them, uh, that are all uh, evoked from his interaction with the book of Revelation. The culminating uh, piece in that series is the triptych on our back wall. It's a three-canvas work depicting uh, the scene of the New Jerusalem from the inside. Uh, So, We are sort of in a series of messages that has, was inspired by this work and we're trying to engage Revelations chapter 21 and 22 uh, and use sort of Graham's insights and creativity to better understand that text. And then today I want us to jump around a little bit to some other places in the book of Revelation and uh, look at, uh, just look at at this battle between good and evil through the eyes of a creative and artistic mind, which is uh, probably actually a better way to understand the book of Revelation than through a theological mind. But uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll sort of flesh that out in a little while. Um, let me read to you first, uh, from the book of Revelation chapter 21, um, the description of the New Jerusalem. And just to set the context, the, the battle between good and evil is over. Uh, Jesus has returned and he's ridden his white horse into the final battle. And there's, for the first time, uh, since Adam and Eve left the garden, there's peace on earth. There's peace in the, in the kingdom of God. And so <clears throat> there's no more sin. There's no more suffering. There's no more sickness. And then, there's this description of what uh, is shown to the Apostle John at this point in redemptive history. From Revelation 21, verse, starting in verse 9. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, and he spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great high mountain and showed me this, the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels. And on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me, had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 1,200 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. "'The foundations of the wall of the city "'were adorned with every kind of jewel. "'The first was jasper, the second sapphire, "'the third agate, the fourth emerald, "'the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, "'the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, "'the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, "'the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. "'And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, "'each of the gates made of a single pearl, "'and the street of the city was pure gold "'like transparent glass.' They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God, and the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, let's uh just recap the painting and i want to i want to sort of give a a controlling theme if i can and you correct me if i'm off but i i think the the idea that is exemplified here is is eternal emanation the the eternal um creative, progenerative love of God in action, Uh, we can take that. You you sort of talked last week about how that exists, is represented here both on the the micro scale. You have uh, atomic imagery towards the top of the painting. You have some DNA uh, being generated out of the river and, of life And the macro in terms of the planets and things and like and the that. macro in terms of planets and this yeah. idea of growth, these yes. gardens, these terraced gardens watered by the river of life, um, nourishment, growth, uh, this progenerative eternally uh, expanding universe, eternally growing reality the 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 library it represents the eternal, Growth knowledge. of knowledge and understanding yes um, and so then uh, <laughs> there 's so much um, so what else what else do we need to talk about? the fruit in the tree of life uh, you see them you know hanging and developing in different stages in the middle picture above the roots, those. Flowers that are hanging down, and the one on the right ha- is is almost ripe, and each month will will nourish right. and eternally generate nourishment fruit. And, and, and fruit and value for the people of God. Oh, well, one thing we
1: didn't cover—that uh, it was the uh, pie—the uh, the pie symbol. Uh, okay, uh, and I, I included that because of uh, one one of the things in classical uh, antiquity um, that even predates Christ- Christianity. And Christianity really, you, we know it with the Greek influence, it certainly um, influenced uh, post um, Greek influence through Rome, um, is the, the fascination of mathematics. And so, uh, you know, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's books written, uh, God is a Great Mathematician. And, and so there was a, a long period of time in uh, early church history of. Um, Looking at the classical studies, uh, and there was, uh, before uh, the Industrial Revolution, we had uh, uh, what was supposed to be the perfect education, uh, which was mathematics, uh, geometry, and music. Hmm. And uh, why they're significant is because of rule of thirds. So for any of you who are interested in mathematics, uh, rule of thirds was actually uh, how it actually came about. for musicians, is the, the whole concept of musical notes. we from rules of thirds, and it was the ancient Greeks who developed uh, the system of, of that. Okay, so what's this got to do with with my painting in the <laughs> Book of Revelations? I, I'm, I'm sorry for that tangent, but it's I wanted to give you some context because the fascination I had with that is there was a long period in medieval history of uh, God as kind of a mathematician, and so that um, all, all of the constructs we saw in the universe were a result of his great ma- math. And um, so I put the rule of thirds there because that was one of the concepts by the ancient Greeks uh, for a perfect balance of things. And so they would have used it in everything to architecture, to how they painted a picture, to how they did the sculpture. So the reason why I included it is one of those pursuits with man I- I- in a sense of ha- trying to get close to God, even if he's unaware of where that final goal uh, might end up. So hence my inclusion of and Where uh, in the
0: painting is that inclusion? Um,
1: that is above the uh, Saluki,
0: the dog. Oh, see, got it. The, okay,
1: Yeah, it's just above that. Very subtle. See. And uh, so I've, I've written that. So that, that's something else I wanted to mention. And I, I use that. It's a recurring theme a lot in my painting because you see it in other civilizations, uh, especially in Hindu architecture, uh, with them tr- using a similar formula of mathematics and trying to create perfect balance. And the belief was by attaining perfect balance, it was creating harmony with God. So All right. that's why I included that. <laughs>
0: Hey, uh, I mean, my hat's off to you. I, I, can't, I can't draw stick figures. So, um, Okay, there was a follow-up question from last week, a couple of them actually. But you had talked briefly, we, we mentioned the difficulty of painting um, in, in a scenario where light is emanating from everywhere. The yes. idea that God is omnipresent, that it's yes. his presence that gives light. And so that would create some challenges in terms of shadow and uh, perspective, etc. cetera. Um, talk about the, the ways that that was a challenge as an artist and, and what you tried to do.
1: Oh, thank you. And only well, push
0: the laser button.
1: Oh, yeah. So we only have... Um, show, us, we...
0: show us the pie. Oh, there it is. Right there. Okay. Right above the dog. All right. That's our Saluki. It's written out. It's called Paolo. It's all yeah. the way from
1: Dubai. Um, fascinating history with the dog. But anyway, um, the issue there in, in light theory mm-hmm. and in terms of light emanating from everywhere, if you want to discover the closest thing in our physical world to experience that actually is underwater in full daylight. And the reason there is because of uh, the deflection of light uh, through water. So if you're interested in that effect, and of course you've got the predominance of the light coming from above, but what's interesting about that experience, because I've liked my, my snorkeling, uh, being frozen in the Irish Sea or the Mediterranean, I, I, I've tried both uh, with a snorkel and mask, and you do get something close to that concept hmm. of, of light because it's bending around everything.
0: See, I'm, I'm snorkeling, I'm just looking at the fish. <laughs> And you're looking at the way light refracts through yeah. the water and your mind is blown, just, yeah, whatever. You're, you're a freak, man. Yeah,
1: so that, in, in a sense, that would be the closest in terms of kind of what I was trying to, to get here because I have to relate it to something or I lose my mm-hmm. audience. The audience have to associate it with something that exists. So you have to be careful as an artist that you don't create... So, uh, this paradigm, this, this new way of seeing things that you lose your audience because at that point you no longer become a storyteller. Right. And the purpose really of the mm-hmm. artist, like the songwriter, like the poet, is to produce a, a type of story. And the other thing that's crucial from Tom's position as a theologian, the crucial aspect of the theologian is to provide the context for which those people need to create their material from. mm mm-hmm so it is a, it's a it's a it's it's a perfect uh sy- symbiosis uh,
0: symbiosis symbiosis i like that word <laughs> all right um, there was another question uh that uh came up that you know was generated from the fact that you included your deceased saluki in the new jerusalem
1: yeah i put my dogs in because i love my dogs and um, in most cases, I like my dogs better than people. And um, <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I'll always put them. I, I like to put my animals in because I, I, the concept of, uh, you know, in the, New Jeru- in the New Jerusalem, you know, the idea of many mansions, the idea of this space. And so I put them in because, you know, you grow a, a love uh, f- f- uh, for these animals And I find it odd that that would just suddenly, their being would just stop. Yes. And so, from a theological point of view, it's always been an argument. It was better accepted in medieval times, uh, especially through Catholicism, about the concept of souls and animals. But when we get up to, uh, uh, in some ways, party-pooperish Protestantism… Um, that, that idea kind of stops. It's like, well, it doesn't say it there. That's, don't be so, don't be so stupid. Knock it off. There are no souls. It's like, and where does it say that? Thank you. You know, it's, it's an open-ended uh, question.
0: Yes. So let me take that up uh, biblically for a second, and, and I, think, I think this will be fruitful. Um, so the question is, well, the, there's two questions. Will there be animals in the New Jerusalem? The second question is, will, will there be animals whom we know, like our former pets, etc? Um, and so a couple of things. First of all, in, in the book of Genesis, so look at the New Jerusalem as the restoration of Eden, the, the restoring of the world as it was supposed to be, as it was yeah. created to be. And that world contained animals and plants and life and everything you see uh, depicted here, really. Right. Um, and that world was interrupted by sin, corrupted by right. sin, and the work of Christ is redemptive and restorative and, and will, will, be, will conclude here in the New Jerusalem where all that is right and good in the world will be Restored that would include animals. The the second question as to whether specific animals that we have known in this life will be in heaven is honestly a harder one. This is why Protestants kind of pooped on the party. It was it's a harder one to establish biblically. So I'll, yes. I'll give you a non-biblical answer that's uh, probably the best I can do. Um, so I had this question, and I was I was. I don't like admitting this, but I actually was on Facebook last night. All right. What's that? Researching. Researching. In, In fact, this is, it was amazing. So I have a seminary professor who has two degrees from MIT. He came to Christ at MIT, worked for some, uh, Navy contractor. And if you ask him what he did there, he said, well, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. That kind of thing. Uh, he has a very mathematical mind. And then when he came to Christ and got, you know, a few years into his career as a as a Navy research contractor or whatever, uh, he went to seminary in Edinburgh, Scotland. Only really smart people go to seminary there, right? That's like not for me. That's not where I went. And so he gets a Ph.D. in... Uh, Semitic languages, which include Hebrew and Aramaic and Arabic, among others, and he is is the most intelligent Christian I've ever, like, known on a personal level. The guy has, like, photographic recall of the Greek New Testament, Mm -hmm. which gave me a really bad feeling in Greek class when we realized he Mm -hmm. could recall a specific wow. word out of a specific verse in a specific book of the Bible and tell you what uh what part of speech it was etc all the way down yeah to the accents he had it right up here and i i went oh no i'm not going to be able to fake my way through this class <laughs> this is not good yeah. i'm going to have to actually study this is terrible um my plan is ruined and uh, so he's got that kind of mind, and he posted on Facebook last night that his, that his dog had passed away. It was a rescue dog, and uh, he just, this is a beautiful description of the relationship that that dog had with his family and what he did for their family. And he, said, he concludes at the end of the message, I will see him again in the new Jerusalem. I'm like, I'm done. If Jack Collins says we will have specific pets in heaven, we're good. I can, that's that's theological reliability. It's not biblical, but he's a he's a deeply rooted biblical mind. He's a brilliant man. And if he wants his dog in heaven, I say give it to him. So uh, interesting, like him. interesting convergence. But I don't, I, here, I'll put I like it this him. way. I don't think it's inconsistent with what we know of God from Scripture to believe that our pets will be with us in some way in eternity. I don't think that's at all inconsistent. So, all right. All dogs go to heaven. I think we've established awesome. that. Awesome. Disney was stinking right. Did you work <laughs> on that film? Was that part of your No, focus? I, was, I was training principles of classical animation. All right, fair enough. Um okay. So in our discussions about what we were going to do today, you you made a a comment about a fixed reference A reference of a fixed point in space or something like that. Yes. Uh, Let me tell you exactly what you said. A fixed reference in space. Yes. Tell me what you meant by that and why that's important to us individually.
1: It's it's one of the problems in secular science is trying to find out the purpose of um, why, the why's, why are we here. Uh, if you go look at someone like Isaac Newton, Isaac New- Newton is a uh, perfect example of understanding a fixed reference in space. His, fi- his fixed reference in space was the existence of God. Okay. Um, and because of that, he was able to work out from that central point to the house. Okay. And so one of the biggest problems in the modern era is we both, uh, in, in secular scientific um, approach to looking at reasons for things... Uh, they're going out from two points at once. They're trying to find the why and the how at the same time. Um, So if we look at um, a lot of human development within the sciences up to that point, which were incredibly rapid, the scientists did have a standard worldview of a fixed point. That fixed point was, uh, I I think, another thing we might call it is a closed system, in that there was a design uh, Mm -hmm. by a, a a greater force, that force being... Uh, God. And so, that's what I mean by a, a fixed point. So, for me, uh, it's of great satisfaction to already understand uh, the reasons of, of why, you know, okay. why I'm here. Uh, and, and, and in history, you'd call it teleological history. Mm-hmm. So, that, that that's another result of a fixed point in space, to, to my reason and, and way of thinking. Now, we can argue that and say it's all nonsense, but they're not any better equipped to explain uh the wise uh, 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 they're, they're at they're at in some ways i feel they're at a disadvantage and, and of course that is debatable but they don't know the wise but the great thing i find uh with my faith um uh in jesus christ uh, and the position that the bible takes is it has a fixed reference point in
0: space that i can work out from right and and so this this represents that Sort of final point, but it's actually yes. a beginning. It's a—it doesn't end here. There's this constant emanation, this constant creativity, this constant learning, growth, uh, enjoyment, love—that uh, continually happens in the New Jerusalem. Yes. But this this gives us a fixed point of reference. In other words, we know where this is all going. We know that God's promises will be fulfilled. He gives us a glimpse. Of, of the how that and, will be fulfilled and, uh, or and culminated
1: to, and to another uh, to, to summarize very well that you put in terms of this the restoration mm-hmm. you mentioned the restoration from the mm-hmm. original Eden, the fallen state, and now to if you like the the, the resurrection of that, uh, what we have. An advantage with, with this end game, uh, this new Jerusalem, is we've had the hindsight of all the trials and tribulations that have ed- led up to that point. Right. So we're, in some ways, to the glory of God, better equipped than Adam and Eve in terms of the consequences of particular action. Right. But the amazing thing about this restoration is it was about the unconditional love of God's promise and uh so th- this 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 thing this painting that i 'm painting it is a culmination of all those things
0: cool all right, so I made a comment last week that the artistic mind is uniquely equipped to understand the book of revelation, and I want to flesh that out a little bit and i 'll just i 'll lead into this this way we were. Uh, a few years ago, we, we as a church did an exercise where we, I think, tried to read through the Bible in 90 days, was it, or something stupid like that? Um, uh, it was not a great idea. Um, it was just <laughs> execution was a little lacking, at least on my part. Right. I think I, I, I dropped out somewhere in Second Chronicles or something like that. Wow. I didn't drop out, but I just got so far behind that it didn't make sense to try to. Anyway, that's not important right now we had We had some Bible study groups that went along with that so that people could have some encouragement from others and the final Bible study w- was at my, one of them was at my house and we're trying to cover the whole book of revelation uh, in one Bible study, wow. which is a little <laughs> ambitious right and so yeah. we're we're reading some excerpts and we're you know and and my daughter, Annie, who was probably I would say nine or ten at the time, she sort of pauses and she raises her hand and she says this is really violent. <laughs> and it just so happened that, that Craig Russell uh, whom many of you know was sitting right next to her and if you don't know Craig, imagine uh, a former boxer who's a Navy vet who still has the the crew cut Navy recruit haircut and he's just built like a brick house, and um, and just you know, and he's got this uh, Fu Manchu mustache mm. kind of thing. He just looks tough, right?
1: Mm.
0: And Annie put, Craig puts his arm around Annie. He goes, he goes, Annie. It's the battle between good and evil, and I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as silly as that sounds, awesome. she was actually comforted as a little 9-year-old girl was actually wow. you could visibly discern the comfort in her face when he did that like okay this is this is this is really violent this is really extreme but god has raised people up and angels as well who've got this that he's got it under his control under his sovereign dominion god's got this and so with that lead-in, I want to take you into a few passages that you have actually uh, elaborated on through art. And uh, Pebby, throw one up there for me. Or, I'm sorry, Lori, throw one up there for me. Uh, okay, great. So, we have the... I'm going to read the, the, from Revelations chapter 8. Uh, the third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. All right. So uh, this is your third angel Yes. blowing his trumpet, which is rightfully depicted as a ram's horn. That's what a Jewish trumpet would have. You pushed the wrong button again.
1: Oh, I did. I'm such go an back. idiot. I'm sorry. Go back. <laughs> Let me go. I can't. You I can't go, go back. back. We'll go uh,
0: forward until you get to it again. I don't know. No, no, it won't Lori, can now. you fix it's, that? Because now we have the guts of some 3D generated. What is that?
1: Oh, that's the uh, Beast of the Sea, Revelations, oh. chapter 13, Lovely. verse 1.
0: Okay. Thank you. Oh, it's my favorite right. book.
1: I, I love that book. It won't go back.
0: It so. won't go back. Go forward then. It won't go forward. It won't go forward? Don't touch anything. I won't anything. touch it. I'm not going right. to touch it. Give me that. Do you know where the laser button is?
1: Yeah, I have meant to press I'm that. I'm not going to do it. All right. I'm so, so,
0: so. We'll save that for emergencies. I don't need to touch
1: that. touch that. doesn't like me.
0: So, uh, yeah. he blows his trumpet. I love the fact that these are souls, human souls uh, yes. coming out of there. Take, take us into this a little bit.
1: Okay, so this is an event that happened in uh, April of 1986. And I was in County Down uh, in the north of Ireland um, at that point. And on the new BBC News, it was, please do not go out when it rains. And the reason for that was the isotopes and the radiation uh, from Chernobyl uh, reactor four had exploded on April 1986, and the uh, radiation cloud uh, had started from the Ukraine and had gone over The top of Western Europe, all the way through to the UK and Ireland.
0: And to say, "Don't go outside when it's raining in Ireland," is kind of like saying, "We uh, never go outside." Don't go outside when it's hot in San Antonio. Yeah, so summer. it was.
1: It was. It was. So every time it rained, people were a little nervous because of the extra concentrations of uh, radiation. Uh, and when it rains, that that falls onto the land. Right. It was a problem in the north of Wales with sheep, so they were hmm. measured. So this painting is a homage to the three hundred thousand people uh, who died of the cancers due to the. Uh, the, um, the isotopes being uh, thrown into the... Most uh, of whom were Asia. Ukrainian. Uh, most of them were uh, Ukrainian, and most of them were um, concentrated around the town next to Chernobyl, Kiev. which was called Pripyat. Pripyat. Pripyat was a concentration of all the nuclear physicists of the Soviet Union, uh, which, were, which were housed within this town next okay. door to it, which is a population... I, 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 I can't remember off the top of my head, but okay. the, it was like 150,000 or so.
0: So you see the the sort of the radiation symbol over to the right, uh, the melted down reactor in the middle uh, the the angel blowing his trumpet now let me let me try to throw some some theological uh, structure around this we 're not saying that Chernobyl was the blowing of the third trumpet uh, theologically what what 's being depicted here is this idea that since the time that Christ was resurrected and ascended to the right hand of God the Father. The church has been in a period of tribulation. The world is at war with evil, that there is suffering, there is sickness, there is destruction in the world. We call that theologically tribulation. And so my personal view of, of the book of Revelation, this doesn't have to be yours just must be clear about that -- is that tribulation is an ongoing part of the church's reality. Yeah. that all of us in every generation experience this to some degree yes. or another. And so this is an artistic representation of that third trumpet from real time in, in real people's lives and the real mm-hmm. impact it had on hundreds of thousands of people on this planet. I, so,
1: I, I, I thank you very much for the, he, well, what, what Tom has done. Is a, I, I, I should have mentioned at the beginning, but what, no. and this is why it's so important to have someone... Arbitrating this type of presentation, he's made it very clear that I'm not trying to say that, that that I'm illustrating that specific bit in the book, so therefore it must be it. I'm trying to get a social. I'm trying to get an engagement of popular culture. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to use a language which would be familiar with them and to uh, get to get their interest uh, within a classical piece of scripture. In this case, the Bible. Now, I want to say the word Chernobyl is really fascinating. Do um, so Chernobyl is the translates into English as uh, well. It's actually a plant uh, mm-hmm. in, in in the in the Russian, and it's a plant which is like a ragwort or wormwood, and so it's uh, just very coincidental. Uh, that the place this happened, uh, Chernobyl, actually translates to Wormwood. When Tom was reading out the scripture, Wormwood is the fallen angel which is pushed out of the heavens. And what's interesting about that when it said that a third of the water will be bitter, Wormwood is a bitter plant. Yes, And so uh, we know with Chernobyl that um, that reactor is still melting down, and that w- does hit the water tables of that particular region. And, and it's and still not even, safe.
0: like, Scotland and Ireland, and, I mean, it, there was, you know, water effects. It was affecting you know, the sheep. not as devastating, but... No,
1: because the isotopes that reached that far didn't have the devastating effects of the heavier elements that were closer to the explosion. All
0: right, I want to jump to the next slide, Laurie, if you would. Um... This ought to be sufficiently bizarre for you. Yeah,
1: this is, a nice, this is another um, nice happy one. Um, <laughs> I, I was very interested in concepts here of uh, ecological devastation. And so I've called this uh, Requiem for the Amazon. And so the point I'm trying to make here is in this instant, you know, it, it, it is in Isaiah. It, Isaiah, it talks about us being good stewards. And so the problem you have in American uh, culture a lot is a bipartisan rhetoric. Uh, um, we've got the uh, uh, people with the bleeding hearts about the uh, hugging the trees. Uh, this is I'm just trying to come up with a quick metaphor. And we have on the right the the concept and metaphor of a gun ho. Oh, stop being such babies, uh, you know. And my point here is that regardless of that bipartisan politics, because I was accused of this at work by people on the right that I was playing to the left. Um, When uh, Tom can vouch, I don't really give a I don't care about them as much as I do. I'm not interested in trying to please either side. This here was um, a prophetic warning about that destruction of those rainforests. Now uh, I was asked why did you put African-Americans, and they wouldn't be considered that in Brazil, so that's out of context. Why did you put them in the painting? Well, um, I'm trying to make a point. I had a discussion with the Chicano here in San Antonio, and the Chicano, Mexican, he was um, uh, getting a bit uh, uh, aggressive with me on history, which I love, uh, because I love history, and he was basically saying, you should be ashamed of your cultural heritage because look at all that slavery you people caused. And I was like, I kept it quiet because I'm an Irish Celt. Uh, we didn't have that. We were serfs to the English right. for starters. And the other is, I'm not responsible for what someone did all those generations ago. I certainly feel no guilt, uh, which can be a problem too. Well, you don't feel As guilt my at wife all, do you? Yeah. yeah, I don't really feel. I, it's
0: like, I'm So gonna, what scripture is this based out of? So this,
1: this here really is… Uh, um, I'm trying to make uh, the point about Isaiah talking about us being stewards. And so in a sense, I'm putting it into the etymology of okay. apocalypticism. All right. And I'm dealing with, um, he has the, uh, the coat of arms. They're the coat of arms of Portugal, Alfonso V of Portugal, who was given the papal approval uh, to continue slavery in West Africa. So he's got
0: 1454. Portuguese he's got coat it, of arms and a McDonald's cup in his hand. The, was, was, the, the
1: McDonald's cup is the corporate legislation to basically wipe out entire areas of the rainforest for using cattle to graze so we can eat beef burgers.
0: So basically, when God comes back with the new Jerusalem, he's going he's to yeah. say to us, uh, before you can settle here, you need to go clean up this mess that you've made on my planet.
1: It says, uh, it, says it will be destroyed by fire. Understood. Um, and, um, let me, that's let why me, I have let me keep us background. moving,
0: if you can. Lori, take us to the next slide. And, um, okay, so this is...
1: Beast I, of the Sea, Revelations
0: 13. All right, so I saw a beast Chapter rising 13. out of the sea oh. with ten horns and seven heads and ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear's, its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast, and they worshiped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast and who can fight against it? I'll risk it. So, all right.
1: So that's the people down there and giving worship, and they're in a trance. Uh, the idea I want to create is kind of an erotic idea, where you you know you lose control, and so that's kind of why uh, <laughs> they don't have very many clothes on, and it's that I like to try and get an a visceral approach to get the audience to kind of shake them up, and I'm really trying to depict the idea of how we're so easily led by political constructs. Um, I'm it's a kind of a swipe here. At how we depend so much on political leaders as being the panacea for all these troubles. And when somehow this person we vote is going to solve this, that, and the other, our, our, our political messiahs. Amen. And, and, and in a sense, I've, I, I'm using that as a meta- metaphor as a political messiah. By the way, the other reference i would read about the Koenig Greek and John of Patmos, it, it is a precarious thing to pin down with revelations. But one of the uh, metaphors for the sea, when it says he comes out of the, uh, the sea, yes. the sea represent the people. Correct. Is a general symbol,
0: so. Yeah. All right. Next uh, one. Lori, can you take us to the next one, please?
1: That's, I built these 3D models in virtual oh, reality. That was the last them. beast
0: we just saw. Yeah, so that so this is, you have to do this so I built you it can first. visualize it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I built it and designed it first, and then I used it as reference for my painting. In the olden days, what they used to do was do them out of a wax uh, sculpt or a clay sculpture, mm-hmm. and then they would use that. But I make them in 3D applications, so I, I use that methodology. Because you're a nerd that way. Yeah, I, I, I love right. playing with technology.
0: All right, jump us over to... That's keep, just a close-up of keep it. Keep going. Is there another I had one? I so
1: much fun. Yeah, there is. There's another one. There is. Uh, I just wanted to show this one because it shows how I at least start my process first. It's a very old ancient system of creating, just dealing with tonal values, monotones first. So I basically sculpt the volumetric form out of light and I represent that with white paint. All right. That's the next one. And that was finished painting. This particular one here um, actually, this is—I've uh, been celebrating for a couple of days. Uh, do you see the symbol around the face? That is the EU being skewered through the heart. I'm—I'm—I—I'm I'm, I'm not a—I <laughs> am not a fan of the whore of Babylon. So um, in this case, it gets skewered. Now this causes a lot of uh, chagrin from people pro um, EU, but. You know, I don't care. I have no time for those tribe babies. And
0: you did this how long ago?
1: Um, I did this about three years ago. So
0: it is semi-prophetic. And
1: it was the idea of the EU unraveling and what I have on the other side of that.
0: Which just began Thursday.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, I, I hope it unravels. Not because I don't... Well, dis- we don't need
0: to get into the EU.
1: No, but, so, but I wanted to, I wanted to uh, also talk about why do I have America on the uh, uh, right doing that. As, a, as an apocalyptic context, the idea here is I see uh, the American Constitution as probably one of the greatest political philosophies realized in the history of man. Um, and so with that, it's, it's a concept of an egalitarian system of how you elect people. And the problem I had with the EU as a concept is as a collective. And in terms of the Be- book of Revelations, you know, it's always warning against that collective political entity. If, if
0: I can simplify that for a second. Sorry. The, the power in the ideal of the EU is the convergence of people and their shared... Um, efforts the power of the U.S. Constitution is the ideal of freedom. It's the idea of individual civil c- c- civil
1: liberties. Correct. Uh, the issue I had with the EU being interested in political philosophy it was the danger it's slipping towards an oligarchical system of the collective. No in Europe? Yeah. Never. So you guys. All right. As much Laurie as, can yeah. you
0: take us to the next slide before I drive off a cliff please. Ah. I'll right. be offending everyone. Keep going. What what is that?
1: Uh, this is called the monstrous appetite of a social welfare system. Okay, keep going. <laughs>
0: that reminds me. Yeah. I got okay. lots of horrible. So things I think to this say. is the one. Yes. So this is the pale horse whose rider is death. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's
1: absolutely right. Yeah, we'll get back to the Book of Revelations again.
0: All right. He opened the fourth seal. <laughs> I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, "Come." And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And its writer's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, and with sword, and with famine, and with pestilence, and by wild beasts of the earth. All right. So you've got the poppies down on the bottom. I suppose that represents heroin addiction. It
1: represents
0: the beginning of
1: the opium wars with China in 1841, okay. With the British Empire were very naughty boys.
0: Yes, because if you can get your subjects addicted to heroin, they won't disgusting. fight you.
1: Yeah, Britain was the biggest uh, drug pushers in human history nice. at this point in 1841. Uh, there was a consequence to that. France and America quickly joined um, a, a a similar relationship with China once Britain began that by setting up their trades along the Chinese ports. My idea here is that there, there's something called blowback if you use that system. And I think that historically we are paying the consequences of that drug trade that was established from that time. Our, our, our country is suffering
0: from that. And what do you have going on up here to the left, upper left?
1: Well, the other idea with this, this is the golden triangle. This area uh, would be Pakistan, Afghanistan, and uh, parts of Southeast Asia, which were the places where the poppy seed was uh, cultivated. And so my idea up here in the top left is some of those countries have nuclear bombs, which is Pakistan. And so, what I'm trying to warn here is uh, the relationships and our particular concept of geopolitics does have repercussions if we do too much meddling.
0: Okay. So let me try to let me try to kind See, of land the, everyone. land the plane. No, that's good. I like that. Well, so here's here's what here's what I appreciate about your approach to this is you actually you actually care about. The truth of the scripture, you have a social conscience. Um, you yeah. care about the principles of truth and and freedom and, and grace and the Bible and all of these things. Yes. Um, and so, what happens when 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 I read these passages, I just I just kind of check out. I go, that's just bizarre. I don't really understand it. He goes, oh wow. Yeah. That's just like, you know. And then he pulls out of his his knowledge of history or whatever these examples that represent in real time the true tribulations of this life, and yes. brings those uh, sort of under the umbrella of God's redemptive plan. Yes, but helps us to uh, see that plan in in concrete well I don't know that I call this concrete. It's pretty bizarre. Yes. But yes. um but there are there are actual things we can relate to in yes. here that so it's 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 a lot like this life that we live. We have the word. We have the living word of God. We have these terrible experiences and we have to hold them in, in tension with one another and and somehow get through this Life and towards what is waiting for us, if you will.
1: Yeah, if you like the uh, my point about story is the process is e- the process is everything, and if you're reading the Bible, the process from the children to children of God, the children of Israel, to the New Testament, there's this terrible struggle to try and maintain this relationship. Um, One comment I used to get, and actually it was Helen, it was my wife, she was very disturbed by my book of Revelation. She said, you know, basically what you're doing, it just looks satanic to me. That's really awful. And uh, her point was, why do you paint and illustrate such negative things when God represents such wonderful things? And my point was, well, why don't you just get the Bible and get a scalpel and cut all the bad parts out? <laughs> I mean, the whole point is that that relationship, which is then constantly, you would be Thomas
0: Jefferson. <laughs> well, it's, Sorry, the, the relationship
1: that is constantly going on the rocks. But what we have is a story that constantly gives us a uh, way back. Yeah. So this is an amazing love story. Right. And it's a story with, regardless of our
0: unfaithfulness, there is always a redemptive way there. Yes, and, and there's, this, the, there's another truth in this, and that, that is that our, our sinful actions have negative consequences. Whether you're talking about those on the scale of a nation or as an individual, there are devastating consequences to our sin and yes. yet, this is not the final painting. Um, can you put the final painting back up again? I don't know how easy that is or difficult. But this, we, we 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 suffer this, we endure this, we persevere through this to get to the New Jerusalem. Yeah. There's a there's a there's an ending that's not this. Right. Um, there's there's redemption. There's restoration. There's life, growth, creativity, love. The the process is really important because it's what builds our character.
1: Yes. And one of the big problems, again, when we talking about science and and secular concepts, one of the things in modern philosophy is somehow the ends justify the means. Right. And so it doesn't matter if we lie and we slander our opposition uh, as long as we win. But the problem with that, uh, um, from a moral, ethical point of view, even if you're not a Christian… If you're looking at the moral ethic consequences of a position, we go, you're going to break every rule to win. Yay, and then we'll get good when we get to the end. No, the process has made you a monster. Right. If, if, if you do not pay attention to those decisions to get to that final journey, do you want to become that monster? The very thing that you're accusing the other person of being, that otherness...
0: He the, who the, the, is faithful in little things shall be trusted in so great the,
1: things. So we can get the little things right. Our process is cru- crucial. Our conduct is crucial. And our integrity and truth is crucial to that process for that end game, for
0: redemption
1: and, uh, and, and, and Christ's uh, sacrifice for our salvation.
0: That's a great place to end. Thanks, Graham. Wow. Thank you. And you're, you're welcome to, you know, fiddle with that as much as you want. We want.
1: Oh, well, I've had some red. I need the red dragon. but I can Will do you pray that. with
0: me? Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that you will prevail in the battle between good and evil. Lord, we confess to you that our hearts are often tainted by sin, that we do not... Live faithfully to your word, and yet you sent your Son to forgive, to atone, to restore, to regenerate our souls, to be the people that you have called us to be, to be your nation here on earth as the people of God. And so, Lord, we pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you would lead us to live lives that better reflect who you are to the world around us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and lead us to, to, to show the love of Christ in a dark and hurting world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.